Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing. Every week we do this week in review. We're going to talk about what happened last week in the stock market, what we think is going to happen next week. We're going to highlight an incredibly important group ETF that nobody's talking about, but says a lot about the market that we're in right now. And we'll be focused on it in the Armour portfolio. So I want to share it with you guys. Now I'm a bit under the weather today, so bear with me. But um, I did want to talk to you because the last two weeks, risk has increased dramatically in the stock market. I've been talking about it um, both last weekend and then throughout this week with Armour Insiders. Uh, and so I want to make sure I share with you guys on the weekend. Um, as always, don't forget, what I'm sharing is the Armour Investing Way. It's a three-stage process. We do fundamental research first. That's where it starts. We find positions we want to own, put them on our whiteboard. Okay? Then what we do is we shift okay, to using algorithms to make investment decisions. Right? So we use the algos to execute when to add risk, when to take it off. And the third stage is our um, stop-loss discipline. We wrap it all together and and make sure we protect ourselves from ourselves. And that process has allowed me to be very successful over the last 30 years. And so about three years ago, I started this YouTube channel to share it with you. And please, you know, remember, I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know your goals. So you guys can um, take these thoughts and make them your own. Take whatever pieces work for you and build your own thought process, okay? So, without further ado, um, allow me to dive right into stock market action. And don't forget, you can fill up this comment section over here, because at the end, we'll do the Q&A we always do. But there are just some quick thoughts I want to go over with you. So, um, of course, this is the Armour Report right here. Um, There's a free... um, Armor reports that you could all and all you all should be subscribed to, in my opinion, um, right up here. You could just click on it. It's free uh, every morning where there's something important to say. I'm sending out an email letting you know how we're getting prepared for the trading session, what stocks we might be focused on, and um, I share that. So it's free. Give it a give it a click if you'd like. And of course, once you become an Armor Insider, you can drill on down become um, a part of this page in here where you see our armor portfolios, exclusive videos, our whiteboard, and our risk monitor. And of course, every morning, I update the captain's log with thoughts of how we're getting our day started and what we'll be focused on. And these are um, our rules of the road. I'm building this list, and I have been for years now. I'm going to share it with my, my two children, Levi and Layla, when they become old enough to run their own money. And I'm sharing it with you now as I build the list. All right. So, Having said all that, here's the market. Let's start with the big indexes. So first thing to talk about today, and this is the strangest situation I've been in in a long time when it comes to risk monitor and portfolio. The Armour Risk Monitor, which monitors eight indexes that we believe drive market decision, okay? The Armour Risk Monitor is still in a positive position. So we have red, green, yellow. We have green, which happened last week, actually, okay? which turns over to yellow after five days. So we have five days to put money to work. Then we have risk on monitor yellow. And of course it turns red when we get um, 
all the indexes get stopped out and we get negatives. So, <clears throat> forgive me, I've got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> Jeremiah wants to talk. <clears throat> so, what I, um, what I, the position I find myself in right now, which is a little bit odd, is that the risk monitor is still yellow, okay? So it's not red yet. And yet, we're carrying about 50%, 5-0% cash in armor portfolios, which is really my own personal capital and capital I manage for investors, okay? So that's an odd position to be in when the risk monitor is not red yet. So let's take a look at what's going on. The two driving forces behind the risk monitor is always the NASDAQ 100 and the S&P 500. Those are the two lead horses, okay? As long as those two lead horses are in uptrends and well above any type of a stop, you're not going to see us go risk monitor red, okay? So what you can see here is a very clean, clear, comfortable uptrend in the triple Qs with a couple down days. So everybody's all excited about, oh, my God, the market looked terrible at the end of the week. But if you look at the big indexes, right, there's nothing wrong with the Qs. They pulled back to the 14-day moving average. This is this yellow line here. That's totally normal action. And quite frankly, you could come down to the 50-day, and it would still be in a solid uptrend, and there wouldn't be any reason to panic. So um, then we shift over to the S&P, the other lead horse. There's nothing really wrong with the S&P. Now, we've been in this Andrews Fork since the beginning of the market, the mechanical bull market that the Fed has been juicing, okay? So at some point, we're going to break down, okay? And that's going to be a major problem. But it hasn't happened yet. And that's why we're still not risk monitor red. In fact, the S&P is still above this red line here, which is the 25-day moving average. So it's not even challenging the 50 yet. So for those two reasons, and for good measure, we'll throw in the Dow. Okay, the Dow, you want to tell me making a top, it may be making a top. I don't know. One down day doesn't make a top, right? And as long as it's above the 50, it's in an uptrend. Like, so there's nothing happening. So first thing, the three biggest indexes of importance are not showing any signs of panic. There's no reason to get out of the market. So risk monitor is not going to go red. So why am I 50% cash? Well, here's the reason why we're 50% cash. We don't just have money in the top Dow, NASDAQ, S&P stocks, right? We like to invest in innovators. We like to invest in cannabis. We like to invest in crypto. We like to, right? These are all the, our favorite places to go. High growth stocks, stuff like this, right? So let's take a look at those indexes. All right, IBD 50 innovator. Total destruction, breaking below 200-day moving average, breaking down out of a pennant. You know, I love pennants. When they break out to the upside, they're huge runners. Let me tell you something. When they break out of the downside, they collapse. Okay? Pennants don't tell you the direction. All it tells you is whichever way it breaks, it's going to be aggressive. That looks ugly. Now, granted, it hasn't taken out below the prior week. So could it, could it hold here, reverse, go back into the pennant? It could. But the deeper you get into the pennant, the worse, the, 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 statistically speaking, if the deeper you go into a pennant, 
the closer you get to a breakdown. In other words, pennants that are really strong break out here. At the very least, they break out here. So even if this were to pop back up and try to get in, it's getting to the point of the pennant. Statistically speaking, that usually breaks down. Let's go to the ARC innovator. Right? We caught this move off the bottom. We bought innovator stocks in here. They ran up. We booked some profits, right? They took out the low of the prior week. So while the small, the, damn it, IBD 50 hasn't done that yet, but you can see that the ARC innovator took out the lows of that big down day two weeks ago, okay? So if you remember last weekend, we talked about how prior Thursday, I think it was, was the first shot across the bow. So beware, be, be, be careful. And I talked about last weekend, focus on the big cap tech stocks because that's where the safety is, all right? So what we see here is a breakdown as, as, as worried about. I'm not sure I predicted it, but as worried about, it, it, it breaks to new lows, okay? Now let's go to small cap because I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. Small caps are always the canary in the coal mine. They're the index nobody really cares about. Nobody, and I say nobody cares about. There's, there's obviously guys who trade small caps. But what I mean is from a, the, the, the dramatic amount of capital that's invested in the stock market, the least amount of it focuses on small caps. So when things go bad, they go bad first in the small cap arena. And what we call this is a hollowing out effect. So you can see small caps are also below the low of the first shot across the bow two weeks ago. So what's happened is for armor portfolios, we have our spreadsheet of stocks that we own and I break those down into. So, you know, if you're an armor insider and you click on here, right? And you go into the model portfolios, you guys know that, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh my goodness. <coughs> Okay, here's what we did during the day, right, end of the day. We have our spreadsheet here, and we have it broken down into these sections. <clears throat> I call it lower risk, moderate risk, highest risk investment ideas, broken down into color codes, right? Green is our favorite entry point, armor value entry. Uh, um, blue is our, what I call uh, a hybrid entry, and then every now and then there'll be a red or pink color, which is our momentum entry, which is rare. I'll, I don't usually chase stocks, but every now and then we'll throw one in. Okay, notice here, right down here, there is no exposure to armor high-risk investments right now. Okay? So armor high-risk means, and the way I determine high-risk, high medium, lower risk, they're all risk, okay? But I'm looking at... Um, what I'm really looking at is the ability to execute my stops correctly. That's what makes it high, medium, or low risk. If I feel I can execute my stops, which means there's liquidity, the asset trades a lot, there's safety in that. When things start to get ugly, I can get out at the bid. Okay? High-risk entries, when things start to get ugly, they, they – the bids disappear. I mean, it's like bid by appointment. And what I think is a bid, what I think my stop is, 
by the time I'm done executing, it could be 50 cents lower on a $20 stock. I mean, that doesn't work. Okay. So that's how I break down the spreadsheet for you guys. All right. So you understand what positions I think are really, you know, I'm taking them because high risk, high reward, right? But um, so you can see up here, PayPal, Microsoft, Salesforce, Apple, Amazon, right? These names, and I'll move on here, but um, those names are lower risk names because I can execute. I'll be able to get in and out if I need to, right? So the reason we're 50% cash is there are no longer any high risk names in the portfolio. There's dramatically less moderate risk names in the portfolio. And so all we really have left are the lower risk, which means we're basically focused on big cap tech or big cap in general. It doesn't have to be technology, but for me, it ends up being technology. Now, so, so that's the stock market we're dealing with. That's how the armor portfolios have changed since we spoke last, Okay. And we really started it the prior week. I told you guys this last weekend. There's something not right about the market. Small caps are breaking down. We didn't get the confirmation. I think three weeks ago, if you guys are keeping track of this and taking notes, um, I shared with you that it was great that the big indexes were hitting all-time new highs. But if the small cap index doesn't confirm it, we've got a problem. Now it's three weeks later, and you can see we've got a problem. Okay? So if you're invested in any of those innovator type of names, You've been slaughtered in the last two weeks, probably given away a couple months' worth of gains, maybe in a week. And I hope that's not the case for anybody watching this video, right? Because I've been sharing with you the risks there. And what we've been doing for Armor Insiders, you guys know this, Armor Insiders knows, we've been avoiding those names. We've been taking those names out and booking profits on those names. Did we top tick them? No, we never do. I don't try to top tick. Okay, I put positions on, they run up, I book some profits, I raise my stops, things hit the raise stop, I get out, I end up booking a profit on the whole thing, live to fight another day, right? If you're in a ripping bull market, they never hit the stops. Okay, don't believe me? The leaders never hit the stops. If you don't believe me, I'll just share this one leader that's in our portfolio, okay? We own Biohaven right here off of a double bottom. It doesn't get any easier than that trade skyrocketed, booked a profit up here, raised our stop to this moving average, the 14-day. Notice how the, the, the leader, a successful investment, never challenged the stop. And you could have even used the 25-day if you wanted, but we were using the 14-day. Stayed with it, stock is just skyrocketed. <laughs> Excuse me for that, everybody listening. Jeez. Oh, I muted it, but I didn't mute you guys on radio. Sorry. All right. So, um, there's Biohaven. Just wanted to share that with you. Now, let's get into, let's get into the most important chart pattern I can share with you today. There's a group ETF that nobody's talking about that's telling you everything about the market. And it's, it's transforming how we're investing at the Armour Report. Take a look at this. This is the utility index. 
XLU is the symbol. Okay, so while we're seeing breakdowns in tenants, what we're getting here on utilities is a cup and a handle inside of an overall pendant that's about to break out. That cup and handle is unique. What is going on in utilities? Well, take a look at treasuries. This move from here to here, we captured at the Armour Report last year in front of the, uh, the, the pandemic, if you remember. Okay? We actually exited right in here. We didn't capture that spike. We exited right in here. Bottom down here, exited right here. Pandemic broke out, and total mayhem. So treasuries came all the way back down into this green zone. And a few weeks ago, there was discussions about, I think even on this show, we were talking about it, concerns, oh, my goodness, you know, rates are going up, blah, 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 let's own, you know, financials. And I tried to share with you that I disagree with that theory completely. Rates aren't going up. All we did was erase the pandemic um, uh, explosion because the pandemic was over. Okay, now we've made a higher low, and now rates are going down. Long bonds are going up, and rates are going down. All I hear about is Fed tapering, is the end of free money, is all I see are headlines about, you know, the economy heating up. What's the Fed going to do about inflation? Blah, blah, blah. Well, bond market's telling you what the Fed's going to do about inflation. Nothing. Utilities are telling you. Utilities are telling you what the Fed's about to do with inflation. Okay, nothing. I don't know how they're doing it, but treasuries are going up and rates are going down. The other thing this tells you, this, this utility chart, and I know utilities aren't sexy, I know. Who wants to come on here on a Saturday and talk about utilities? Let me tell you something. There are, there are times in my life where I've had a portfolio full of dividend passive income, you know, dividend stocks. And it's been some of the most beautiful and relaxing parts of my life, okay? There is nothing wrong with a portfolio full of dividend stocks that levitate higher in a market where, for whatever reasons, treasuries are going up, yields are going down, okay? And you get this move on dividend stocks like this. And it's a very easy life. You can spend the day in the hammock. I mean, it's bad for my business, right? Because we'll all get into utilities and we'll all be making money in utilities and collecting dividends. And when I say utilities, anything with, I'm going to show you a few other chart patterns of stock that we're adding to our portfolios right now. And, you know, you might not have to tune in next Saturday. I mean, you build a portfolio like that, you pick up your dividends, net worth goes higher. Who needs to chat? I mean, right? I mean, most guys on YouTube would never talk about this, right? Hey, let's get on here and talk about a meme stock or, you know, and, you know, who, who knows? Let's talk about the next crazy cryptocurrency because that's what gets the most eyeballs. I really don't care about that. I'm sharing my investment strategy of how I manage my own capital, right? And there are times when all I do is focus on cannabis and innovators and it's fun and exciting. And then there are times where I shift capital to dividend payers and collect 
income as my principal goes up because that's the market we're in. Take a look at these charts and argue the point with me if you'd, li- if you'd like. I don't know why you want to because it's fun and it's an easy way to make money. And there's things you can do to increase your income during these times too. So if we put these positions on, they all go up. You don't have to just sell and book a product. You can start selling calls. So now what was a 4 or 5% yield could be a much higher yield by the end of the year. You've been selling calls every three months. There's a lot of sexy ways to create income. Anyway, so that chart pattern looks sick. Now, I mean, as with everything I talk about, if this thing breaks down below the bottom of this pennant, below the 200-day moving average, this whole conversation is moot, right? Not going to happen. But if we pick these things off here and they break out of this downtrend and out of this cup and handle, I've seen periods in the market where you get a real run higher in utilities, and it's tons of fun. So here's my favorite utility name, right? I love Duke. Duke always seems to be a leader, and you can see it's, uh, it's, it's already higher priced than the entire utility index. Duke looks great. I like Southern Company. Looks just like the index coming right off here. And you guys can go through your own charts. Here's a chart. This is interesting. This only has both, by the way, Duke and Southern have better than 4% yields. Okay? But take a look at NEE. The funny thing is this is only a 2% yielder. But this stock, this stock tends to, you know, lead on the upside when utilities go up. So your principal does real well on a trade like this. You got a double bottom at the 200-day. It's clearing the 200-day. It's breaking the downtrend. This thing could rip higher if utilities do well, even though the yield's 2%. So those are just three names off the top of my head, okay? There's many more. You can go do your own research. Find the companies that you like. What I don't do is reach for yield. Um, to, to me, the sweet spot is 35 to 4.5% yield. That tells you that it's a good company with a decent yield. If you uh, on utility, if you start collecting the six to eight percent yielders, uh, the, the, there's usually a reason why it's yielding that much. So the risk is higher that there's something wrong with that dividend. Okay, so you don't have to buy the the, the, the utilities with a two and a half percent yield, but you don't want to necessarily stretch and say, hey, let's buy the yield at ten percent. There's something wrong with that ten percent. It's probably not right. Okay, um, let's shift over to you know, AT&T is an example as we talk about this. So AT&T's got a 7% plus yield, and everyone tells me they're going to cut the dividend, all right? So I just want you to know that in my dividend-only portfolio, I've owned AT&T, you know, since the collapse here, I've owned it, and I just keep collecting the 7% yield. Everyone keeps telling me they're going to cut the dividend. I keep collecting the 7% yield, okay? So, and every now and then it pops higher, right? We actually owned it here, I think, in the um, Armor portfolios. It popped higher. You know, I think we collected a dividend along the way, and we ended up selling it on this gap, gap down because of the, I think it was a bad, I forget what it was, earnings or something. Maybe a divestiture or something. But I'm seriously considering AT&T again. And here's the reason why. I think since everybody is sure they're going to cut the dividend, everybody, right? When they finally cut the dividend, the stock probably goes up. I mean, literally, they'll probably be, I don't know, shorts to cover on the new. But, but the point is it won't surprise anybody. Is it down for a day that day? I mean, I, and if you're wrong, you, everybody out there telling me they're going to cut dividends, and they don't cut the dividend, you keep collecting 7%. I mean, it's, it's something to seriously consider, okay? If it takes out the lows, I would exit the position. My stop would be somewhere down in here, okay? Somewhere down in here. 
but this thing looks cheap down here to me. And in fact, this little gap down here, I think, is a dividend payment. They paid the dividend, so it looks like a gap down, but it's not really a gap down. It's just trading X dividend, okay? So I think this stock could be bought as it drifts higher into the next dividend payment. How about Verizon? Both of these, I mean, I forget what Verizon's yield is, but I think it's better than 4.5%. All right, now I would say LM, I would say Lumenta, but clearly this thing is caught up in a mean implosion. All right, so the, the stock should have never been up here to begin with, right? It went up here because somebody on Reddit decided to try to squeeze the shorts. And so now that, that whole story is over. The whole Wall Street bets idea, all those stocks are getting destroyed. The stock is coming down. But if it comes down on top of this support here, all right, and the yield is looking sweet. I mean, this stock should be bought. It's a good company. It just got overpriced. So that's at the top of my whiteboard looking for a setup. Now, <clears throat> let's switch over to a couple of um, – you don't have to just buy utilities. So we looked at utilities. We looked at telephone. I'm looking for dividends that I find attractive in a market where treasuries are going up and yields are going down, and I don't want to debate the reasons for that. Everyone's going to tell me, oh, that's not going to happen. The Fed's going to – just forget it. I'm sh this is what's happening right now. I'm putting capital to work. I'm not guessing what may happen and the Fed may do whatever it may do. All right? If that happens, we'll have to change. We'll have to change at that point. But right now, this is what's going on, and this is where I'm going with money. All right? So take a look at um, Big Cap Pharma. All right? Bristol-Myers coming out of a huge pennant. And they had a negative announcement on Friday. One of their drug trials was not efficacious. You think the stock would be down a lot more than that? The stock barely went down. All right. How about my old friend Gilead? Hasn't even broken out of that pattern yet. And they had a positive announcement, I think, from Galapagos, the company that they're buying, that they bought or they're buying or whatever. I think there's a lot of upside in Gilead. I think people, you know, this was the whole remdesivir excitement failure. Now we have a new cup and handle, and a whole new crowd of investors are coming into the stock. If it breaks out of here, this could be a really nice stock to own with a nice yield. And I really like Pfizer. Pfizer really interests me. Look at, look at this downtrend it's breaking. Big-time downtrend, cup and handle, coming out of a downtrend. It hasn't even broken out yet. So there's many inventive ways. And here's one more name I'll share with you. Do I want to own Altria? I don't own it yet, but this is making a pennant and a double bottom right at the 200-day moving average with a yield of over 7%. And you may as well throw in British tobacco to go with it. Not a bad chart pattern. So these are quiet ways to put capital to work. Right? So we have half our portfolio still invested in the big cap techs that are really driving the market and holding the market up so far. We'll see what happens next week. We might get stopped out of all of those but we're rotating capital into dividend-paying stocks. It's time for the dividend stocks, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Now, let's wrap up with cannabis real quick. What did we do last week? Let me shoot this thing. All right. So just so you all are aware of what's going on here at the Armour Report. So if you're part of the Armour Report and you're getting these updates on a daily basis, right, at the end of every day, you get an email from us telling you what we've done to the portfolio, how we've changed it. At the start of every day, if you're a subscriber to the free version of the Armour Report, you know what we're thinking each day going into the trading session. Okay? 
What we did here is we bought shares. Now, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who are new to this, okay, I've been um, cannabis. One of my favorite places to invest, and in, it has been from the beginning. I'm talking three years ago, four years ago. But we trade it. We recognize that this is a long process. It's going to take time for it to unfold. All right. There's times to own cannabis. There's times to avoid it. Right. We captured all of this upside here. We've been out of cannabis for most of this move here. We've tried a couple trades. No harm, no foul. We're not losing any capital. In fact, this time we bought MSOS, and this is what we're looking at right now. So I use this as an example for all the U.S. cannabis names. MSOS, our favorite investment. We bought this day, rallied up to here, right? We ended up exiting on this day, booking a profit on this tiny little trade. We didn't lose any money in cannabis over the last few weeks. We made money in cannabis in the last few weeks. Okay? We made money in cannabis. If you're not making money in cannabis, you might want to subscribe because we're making money in cannabis, even through all of this machinations. It's my favorite place to invest. I look for every entry point. When I see it, I put capital to work with a tight stop. Okay, we're going to capture massive upside again when it happens. But for now, there's no reason to own the U.S. cannabis stocks. That's a double top at the 50-day that's trending down. And, you know, if you don't, and those of you who follow me on Twitter, you saw me tweeting this last week, and, and I hope it saved you a lot of money. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you might want to consider it. It's at Brett Rosenthal, stock twits, it's uh, armorreport.com. But I tweeted out to you, the morning of the Schumer announcement, when cannabis stocks were up big, first thing in the morning, because Chuck Schumer, talking about cannabis, I told all of you, and I hope I helped you, I hope I saved you money. I said, the last thing you want to do is buy cannabis in the morning on a gap up because Chuck Schumer opens his big fat mouth, okay? Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. And I love cannabis, so I don't do this, but I should. But I'm in love with cannabis, so I don't do it. But if I shorted cannabis stocks every time they gap up on a Chuck Schumer comment, I wouldn't have to do anything else all year long. Take my whole portfolio, short cannabis every time Chuck Schumer opens his mouth in the morning. I'd make a fortune. Okay? The wheels of justice, the wheels of cannabis, the wheels of government take forever to, to work. So when a politician opens his mouth about reform, it's just a reason to sell. It's a reason to sell. If they ever pass a bill, are they going to pass it in the middle of the night on a Sunday when I don't know it and I wake up and the whole thing's up 100%? I don't think so. That's usually not how government works, right? There's procedural votes and then another procedural vote and then this procedural and then that procedure. We'll have all the time in the world to get our positions on. And believe you me, if the move is really happening and the gears of government are shifting, these stocks will be trending up because all of the people in Congress are allowed to use inside information about bills that are being passed to trade their own account. Right? The rest of us get put in jail if we use inside information. But in case you don't know this, those of you who are international <laughs> investors, um, 
Our congressmen and women are allowed to use information that they learn on the floor of the Senate and go trade stocks. Somehow that's okay. But um, I digress. Let's don't get down that road. But the point is, if there's ever really any movement that's real, that's happening in cannabis, these stocks are going to start to go into an uptrend way before the announcement comes out. Because all the politicians are way out there buying the stocks. You see what I'm saying? This won't be a surprise. This isn't like a small cap biotech that might announce on Sunday they have the cure for cancer. So, anyway, if you were caught in that, I'm sorry. I hope that you don't get caught in that next time, okay? The time to buy cannabis stocks is when everyone hates them and then when there's announcements that Joe Biden's not doing his job and he doesn't care about cannabis and they gap down in the morning. Then you go buy them, right? And then when Chuck Schumer says, hey, we're going to push through this, through blah, 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 and they gap up, that's when you sell them. And even I'm not that good because I, I can't sell them. And they gap up, I don't sell them because I love cannabis, I don't sell it, right? But I do raise my stop. So when it comes back down and hits my stop, I book a profit on the whole trade and step aside. And that's what we did last week. So this looks terrible. This looks like it's about to break down. If it can hold this level and reverse and make a double bottom, I'll be more than happy to buy them back. I hope that happens. All right. Thanks for spending your time with me on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday. Yeah, it's afternoon now. Let's get to the Q&A, guys. Sean Hill, reverse head and shoulders. You're welcome, Sean. I just thought it was an important week, and it's why I decided to battle through the cold and, and talk to you guys. The, the, the market's changing, and, and we need to protect capital, and we, we need to find out where the seams are where we can make money. You know, and there's, of course, nothing wrong with just holding on to a cash position. You know, if your favorite stocks to invest in are things like PLTR, and you don't want to own, you know, dividend payers, I get it. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, then just hold cash and wait for the next buy signal on the smaller cap names. Anyway, so you can see here, we um, hit our target right here in these little arrows, right? So we bought PLTR right here. It ran up. It hit our target. We booked some profit, raised our stop. We exited right here on this down day. And so we're out of PLTR now. So reverse head and shoulders on PLTR. I don't, I don't really see that. I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. If this is a shoulder and this is a head, but you've already broken the neckline. So that's not a classic example of a reverse head and shoulders, Sean. You know, um, for it to be a reverse head and shoulders, let's just do some chart chat for a second. Let's just pretend you're, you're talking about this. For the sake of time, I'm not going to do the other half of that. So, you know what I'm saying? Right, so this is the shoulder, this is the head, and you're hoping that this is the other shoulder. Oops, that's not what I wanted to do. And you're, you're hoping that, I don't know, this is the other shoulder. If that's what you're thinking, then technical analysis would, would say to you, where, where's the neckline? I mean, the neckline is like, your neckline would be something like this. It doesn't, it's not working out. I mean, is that the neckline? But if that's the neckline, it already broke out. So that's like a dislocated shoulder. That's like a dislocated head and shoulders. It doesn't, it doesn't work for me. All right? So I don't, I don't see that chart. What I see instead 
what I see instead here, I'll move this because, um, you know, it may be a double bottom at a higher low. If it can hold the 200-day moving average as green line and make a higher low, I'd love to buy it back. All right, let's take a look. <clears throat> Oops, what happened there? So you want to look at KOPN, COPN. So there's a failed pennant formation. All right, so this probably goes a lot lower, but maybe it makes a double bottom at 200A. But that pennant is a failure. So for now, that's a total failure. I wouldn't be anywhere near that stock. And um, Kern. Okay. Um, so if I'm not willing to own cannabis stocks, the last thing I'm going to do is own a tiny, tiny cannabis stock called Kern. That's just the risk reward is not good enough for me. But the pattern looks great. Nothing wrong with that pattern. I think it looks great. It looks like a bottom. It's making a double bottom, hopefully at a higher level. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that chart pattern. But if I'm not willing to own MSOS, there's no way I'm willing to own Kern. Now, when you ask the question about large short positions, um, except for the times where Wall Street bets can all get together and squeeze the shorts, except for those times, sometimes a large short position gets resolved to the downside because the guys who are short um, have their own nefarious ways of driving stocks down uh, before they cover. So I don't just buy stocks because they have a big short interest. Sometimes it's a big short interest for a reason. I mean, for instance, Kern doesn't have the greatest balance sheet. So I don't know what's going to happen to this company. You know, it's not, it's not the greatest company. It's just a, it's a good stock to own if cannabis stocks are skyrocketing and we want to add a lot of risk. But the balance sheet doesn't look very good. You know, business is not booming at that company. So, anyway, not a name for me at this point. <laughs> Excuse me. Captain Capital Protector. Very funny. That's what I'm trying to do, though. You know, it's so much harder. You know what, Ares? You know what? You know what? It, it, just... And I know, Eris, you understand this. We're on the same page. But for all of you out there who want to maybe understand why I focus so much on protecting capital and capturing upside second, protect capital first, capture upside second, as opposed to what most people do when they run money. And the reason for that is just think about this. If you own a stock at 100 and it goes to 50, you're down 50%. How much does it have to go up for you to break even? A hundred percent. How many stocks do you know that you invest in go up a hundred percent in a very short period of time? The exception of the AMCs and short squeezes. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? So if you ride a stock down 50% because you're not using stops and you're not protecting your capital, how about your whole net worth? Let's say you don't use stops. Your whole net worth drops 50%, God forbid. It has to go up a hundred percent just for you to break even. Just to break even. That's a lot of heavy lifting. And you could avoid all of that by using stops, protecting your capital. Instead of being down 50%, maybe you're down 10 off the top. You can get that back real quick, go to new highs. When the windows open, the market gives you an opportunity. Uh, CGC, yeah, I mean, that, that, just, that just says it all. That chart looks god-awful. Something seriously wrong with cannabis, that's going on. 
BNGO. I don't own it right now, but I love this idea. I just don't own any of those stocks right now. Small cap biotech is not the place to be when the markets um, are struggling and small cap indexes are breaking down. Yeah, DocuSign looks great. I love stock markets like this because if um, if the market holds up here, reverses, and, and everything's fine and starts to go higher, the stocks that hold up the best are the leaders, and those are the places you want to go invest. So it's like when the tide goes out, you can see which stocks you know have clothes on and which ones are naked, you know? I love DocuSign. I love that chart pattern. I'd love to get a shot at it here. If it can consolidate at the top here, maybe come down to the 50-day, the market gets wrecked for, you know. And here's another thought I want to share with you guys. Glad that you're still here. There's huge, huge open interest on the S&P at 4,000. Puts and calls are enormous. So the magnet of 4,000 is pretty large. The probability we see 4,000 between now and the end of the year, I think, is pretty high. That's not even a 10% drop in the S&P. It would just be like a normal 7 to 8% decline in the S&P. It will wreck all of these other innovator stocks. But the S&P will just be down 7 or 8% off the high. So if we protect capital correctly in that market, maybe utilities go up, right? Who knows? If we protect capital correctly in that market, we put capital to work, we have a really strong end of the year. I think about gold. Um, it's a good question, and I've just been avoiding gold. There's GLD, just for the sake of a chart pattern. I don't, I don't ever buy GLD, but just for the sake of a chart pattern. So it's trying to make higher lows in a long-term uptrend. You know, so it gap down, it went up and closed the gap. Okay. Gold usually follows the, follows the gold stocks. So the gold stocks look worse than gold. So while gold closed the gap, gold stocks can't close the gap, and they don't look very good. But again, they're, they're above the uptrend here. So if they make higher lows and give us a reason to buy them, I'll buy them. But here's the thing, Juan. This is important. Don't forget this. When the stock market breaks down, gold stocks go down with the market. It's incredibly frustrating. I've been trading these stocks and investing in these stocks for the better part of, I don't know, 20 years, okay? I can't remember the last time. I don't think there is a time where the market dropped 5 to 10% on the S&P and gold stocks went up. They, they, they just don't. I mean, it's like a, I don't, it's a strange thing. People think they can move money over to the gold stocks to hide, and maybe they go up because the market's going down, and they don't. They just go down with the market. Now, they could be the first place to invest when the selling's over. Like last year, the market imploded. If you'd held your gold stocks, you would have you know, lost money with the whole market. But that was the first place that the Armour Report was investing in after the market collapsed. Right? So I'm watching this group closely. If it makes higher lows, if the market sells off and we make higher lows and we get a nice risk on entry point, I'd love to own gold and silver and the mining stocks, but I just don't see it right now. This is the small cap silver stocks. That is a pennant formation collapse, guys. It's a collapse. It looks god awful. Silver usually leads gold. There's no way I would invest in the metal stocks right now. No way. 
as much as I'd like to. You're welcome, Deb. Nice to see you. Glad to have you here. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I have to take a look at that. <coughs> I didn't think it did, but maybe it does. I'll have to take a look at that, Deb. Yeah, what is up with that, Casey? IIPR, which is in my dividend-only portfolio, is unbelievable. The stock is unreal. The best cannabis stock on the market. Keeps, it keeps raising the dividend. I think one reason why the stock keeps going up and went up recently is that there was a new um, REIT designed for cannabis that I think it was private, and they raised $100 million from one institution like overnight. They, 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 they did their entire deal with one institution. There's such an un, insatiable demand. For institutions to get into the cannabis space and this is a safe way to do it that i mean this stock is really this stock is unbelievable all right guys thanks for uh spending time with me today i hope it um it helps have a great weekend and uh, we'll get back at it on monday morning 8 30 armor insiders for the morning call take care everybody.